Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, church. This morning we are going to take uh, a break from our normally uh, kind of scheduled program, and uh, we're going to we're going to stop as a church, and we're going to talk about uh, Israel, the Middle East, what's what's going on. And we we don't always uh, do this. If you're a guest, thank you for being here today. We welcome you. We we'd love for you to to come back a few times and and kind of experience what we are normally like. Um, but every now and then, uh, we will pause and we'll talk what's going on in the world. We have a, a statement around here. If you've been around here for a while, you've probably heard me say that healthy churches can have hard conversations. And so there have been times in the last several years that we have stopped and we have talked about some of the very hard realities of our world. And, uh, you know, just preaching and teaching the news cycle would be disastrous for all of our faith. I don't just you know, watch uh, CNN and Fox News and then just come up with a sermon, that would be terrible. Um, but uh, the goal of a church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And uh, I, I want you as a pastor, I want you to flourish. I want your mind to flourish. I want your spiritual life to flourish. Uh, I want your emotions, your relationships, your marriages, your careers. Uh, I want you to flourish. I want you to do well. And ultimately, I want you to give glory to God because guess what? It's not even all about us, is it? Uh, I want you to flourish. But in the end, I, I want you to learn to live a life that glorifies Christ and builds his church and his kingdom. And, and you know, because it's, it's not about any one of us. It, it really is about him. Um, so I want that for you, and I want you to flourish. So that's that's our job. Uh, but there have been times that that we go through things, and it's... You know, it, we need to stop and we need to talk about it because I never want to be one of those churches that just sticks their head in the sand of also what's going on around the world. And and I do think there are times when, when 2020 happened and George Floyd and, you know, we paused and we, we had a hard conversation and we allowed healing to happen. Uh, when, when the issue of abortion and we talked about abortion and we talked about, you know, where we are as a church and our stands. And, and this is one of those things that I feel very necessary to pause and to talk and to share because while some of these issues are very, very complicated um, and I will not have time today to go into absolutely everything, but this is the worst attack, atrocity thing that the Jewish community has faced since the Holocaust. And I think that ought to sit inside of our souls for a moment and, uh, and to begin to open up a conversation. And while, again, there's no easy solution I do think Christians need to be united in a similar heart, and I will talk about that in a little bit. We, we do need to have a similar heart and a similar mentality when it comes to some of these issues. While, while there is no simple, hey, just apply this and everything will go away, it, it doesn't, it's not even close to that, but our hearts should be united on a few things, and I do want to spend some time talking, talking about that. Um, I talked from my heart a little bit this morning at the 10 a.m., and then you know we shared some, some scriptures and I wanted to build some context uh, for us this morning. And so then, then we'll have some ways that we can practically get involved uh, as a church and, and what we can begin to do away as believers starting, starting this week. And so, so thank you today for coming. But, you know, I, I did want to start on a, on a personal uh, note. You know, last week I was out all day Saturday with some guys in our church. And, and uh, I got in late, late Saturday night and then happened to just look at a few social posts 
and then got up early, early morning on Sunday morning, you know, and, and I have a routine on Sunday morning. I, I wake up, drink coffee, pray a little bit, and then boom, out the door. So I, I, I heard just a snippet, you know, I was like, hey, let's pray. And then obviously as the week unfolded and we all began to see what, what actually took place uh, last Saturday, I, I really don't even have words for it. I, I don't think I have words in the English language to describe the things that I felt in the videos and images that I saw. Um, it, it, so it really is unspeakable. It's, I, it's really unimaginable. I, things that I saw that I never thought I would see in my generation, that I never thought I would see in, in my lifetime. Um, and so it is shocking, it is heartbreaking, and it's, it's um, I mean, it's deplorable, it's demonic. And I think I have to say that. I think evil is demonic. And, and when you look at evil in a, in a pure form like that, uh, there's there's definitely the devil behind behind that. Um, to put that into perspective for us as Americans, if uh, Hamas had crossed the Atlantic Ocean and landed in Georgia, that would have been like killing about 30,000 Americans. To put that into a per capita scenario, so they would it's like a Pearl Harbor and a 9/11 all together for them because their community is is so much smaller. And quite frankly, I can't even imagine just the sheer trauma of facing something and knowing that the worst thing since the Holocaust and how terrifying that just must that must feel. I, I also want to say it, it is it's not that I am not compassionless and, and nor do I not care about the people in Palestine. I, I think that is important to note that you do have Hamas, which has been labeled a terrorist organization, which I believe they are a terrorist organization. I, I think anyone that's doing those kinds of things, there are much different ways to go about solving problems in the modern world than what we saw a week ago. Uh, their goal and purpose is to annihilate the Jewish people and to annihilate the state. I, I think that's very hard to have diplomacy with that. Um, and I, I guess I want you to hear me say that. I don't, I don't know what more can be done there. I think the, the government, uh, I think the IDF, I think the Jewish forces have every right to defend her citizens. If an attack happened on America, every American would be looking to our government to defend innocent civilians. I think that is the function of a just government, is to protect the innocent and protect those who cannot protect themselves. I think this is why the Bible says the government bears the sword. In other words, the government's function is to protect the innocent people. So Israel has every right to defend herself. She has every right to make sure Hamas is not capable of doing this again. So, so that is happening. Also, because Hamas is a terrorist organization, no just government on planet Earth puts their soldiers behind women and children. But Hamas is doing this. So you have the organization Hamas, you have people in Palestine, some of which are celebrating what happened and want it to happen, and some want the annihilation of all the Jewish people, so that is happening. But then you also have some people in Palestine that want peace and do not want this to happen, and they are trapped in hell right now, and they're also trapped in a war zone. I was very happy to see that Egypt did open her borders and, and that there is a, a safe place to go. Uh, in all these kind of conflicts, what I want you to know is when humans have conflict, it is never 100% one side and 0% the other side. Humans are very, very messy, and human conflict is very messy. It's like when divorce happens. It's never 100% one and 0% the other. There's some level of, of on both sides. Um, and so there is a very complicated, very messy history here um, that does exist. 
And in all these kind of conflicts, my heart will always break for children the most because they have the least amount to do with the decisions and they pay the greatest prices. And I think the heart of every Christian, first of all, should be we never want war. We, we don't want death and destruction, and we definitely don't want children uh, to, be, to be hurt uh, in, in any way, shape, or form. And I firmly believe with all my heart that Jesus loves the people of Israel and Jesus loves the people in Palestine. I think every Christian worth their salt should say, should say that in their heart. Uh, the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? And that whoever believes in him will not perish. So God did not come to the world to condemn the world. He came to the world to save the world. And we, we believe as a church in what we call the Imago Dei. We've talked about this multiple times. It's Latin for image of God, that your value comes from being made in the image and likeness of God. That everything that is great about you and everything that is deserving of love, respect, honor, and value is because you are made in the image of God. And our church will always have that stance. That's my stance. That's our church's stance. You are made in God's image. You're deserving of love, respect, value, and honor because you are made in God's image. You're an image bearer of God. And what's amazing to me about spiritual warfare, the first thing the enemy does is he tries to dehuman a human. I think the first atrocity, if you look at global atrocities and every atrocity throughout history, the first atrocity is their dehumanization. Okay? And, and the Bible is very clear. We're made in God's image and God's likeness. And so, therefore, you're deserving of, of love and value. And so, of course, my heart breaks for children, and of course I care. Um, a couple things to give us perspective this morning. Deuteronomy 7 says that, that Israel is God's chosen people, that the Jewish people are God's chosen people. I'm not Jewish. I'm a Gentile. But as I came into my faith and came into Christ, I've recognized that God has chosen the Jewish people. God gave us the patriarchs to the Jewish people. God gave us the law through, through this nation. Uh, God gave us our Savior. Our Savior is Jewish. And so we owe a lot to the people of Israel. We, we do. Uh, in, fact, in fact, in Romans, when we get saved, the Bible says that we're grafted and we're adopted in to the promises of Abraham through faith in Christ. And so we're actually, we're, ad we're adopted in. We're adopted kids. And so this is how we're brought into God's promises. If I look at the Jewish people, arguably they are the most oppressed people group throughout human history consistently. Uh, you have Pharaoh, 400 years of slavery. Uh, you have Haman, which we talked about uh, recently. You, you, you have Hitler, you have Hamas, and kind of that list could go on and on. Throughout the ages, there's always been a high sense of evil done to them. I think simply put, Pastor Greg Laurie said something that I caught, and, and he said, simply put, Satan hates anything God loves. I, I think it, you cannot look at this situation without seeing some degree of spiritual warfare. The enemy loves it when we hate each other and destroy each other. There is some level of spiritual warfare going on. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about prayer at the end. But I, I don't think it's even possible to look at this and not look at a level of, of spiritual, spiritual warfare. Joshua 1.11, uh, that they inherit the land there. God promised it to Abraham. Um, and Joshua 11, they, they took possession after 400 years of slavery in Egypt. God delivers them. In Ezekiel chapter 12, the Bible prophesies that, that the people of Israel, the Jewish people, would be scattered, which happened in A.D. 70. Rome sacked and destroyed the second temple and took the Jewish people and scattered them throughout the Roman Empire. The Bible then talks about how God would begin to bring them back together 
and, and to begin to recollect them. This is Isaiah 11, Psalms 107, Jeremiah 30. And this began to happen after World War I. And then Isaiah 66, the Bible tells us that God would birth a nation in a day, which happened when the United Nations signed and created the nation of Israel after World War II so that the Jewish people could defend themselves so that the Holocaust may not ever happen again. Uh, as I've watched a lot of narratives fly around, this is an important note to make. The United Nations formed the land of Israel to, so that the Jewish people could live and defend themselves. It is messy. It's very, very messy. I will say this. If we cannot have compassion on the Jewish people after the Holocaust, are we capable of compassion on any group of people throughout human history? Please let that sink in just for a moment, because... The Holocaust is arguably one of the worst human atrocities in human history. And it is messy, but I do think as Christians we should have some level of empathy for that. The Bible tells us in Zechariah 14 that Jerusalem will be the center of conflict in the last days, which is, again, I, just, I think of spiritual warfare because Jerusalem literally means city of peace. It has been the most contested city in all of human history. Uh, it's interesting that it's not Washington, D.C., or Moscow, or London, or Dubai, or Mumbai, but, but Jerusalem will be the center of conflict in the last days. On kind of that note, in the last days, the Bible says that the gospel must be preached to all nations, Matthew 24. Daniel 12 tells us that in the last days, knowledge will increase and people will run to and fro. Uh, knowledge, there's been more knowledge uploaded in the last 30 years than all of human history combined. The pace of life is definitely much faster in this century than any other time uh, throughout history. So I, listen, I, I'm not one of those pastors that are ever going to come out and say God's coming back next October. Okay. I've never been that guy. I'm never going to be that guy. I'm not a sensationalist. I'm not easily ran away with these things. In fact, Jesus said, no man will know the day or the hour of my return. And so if you see anybody on TikTok, oh, he's coming back 2032, you can just discredit it, okay? Because there is no special revelation coming to anybody on the day or the hour. Jesus simply said, you can sense the seasons. And I will say it feels like the clock is speeding. I, I sense a quickening to everything. But of course, no one knows the day or the hour. Matthew 24, Jesus is saying, listen, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars and things are going to get more chaotic and nation rise against nation, kingdom against kingdoms, you know, famines. And, and these things are the beginnings of these sorrows. And so you can see the, the, the pace of this beginning to increase. The Bible talks about Gog and Magog aligning with Persia and attacking Israel. Uh, Persia was, is the ancient place of Iran right now. Iran's official statement is the total annihilation of the state and the people of Israel. That's, that's phenomenal to me. That's their position. I think as Americans, we're like, God, like, can't we find some kind of diplomatic situation? I think that would be wonderful. I don't know if that's possible as long as Hamas is in power and around. Because their goal is the eradication of the people group, of the Jewish people. I don't know how you can really be diplomatic with that. And so my heart goes out to them. I find they're in an impossible situation right now. Pastor, what can we do? What can we do? I'm sure, like me, you've watched a lot of videos. You've seen a lot of images that you cannot unsee. What can we do? Number one, we can pray for the peace of Israel. Psalms 122, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and then you're going to prosper. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. Peace be within you. Let's 
never leave as a church. It's so easy in America to be like, Christianity is so cute. You know, we, we post, we laugh, we sing, we dress up, which is cool, okay? Like, I love, uh, we got one of the best-looking churches in South Florida. Okay, we really do. Like, I, I love us. It's easy to forget that spiritual warfare exists, and we win spiritual battles with spiritual weapons. And I don't want us to ever forget as a church that spiritual warfare is real and the power of prayer is real. And the Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Let's pray for the peace of Israel. Let's go to battle spiritually because behind all of this hate is an enemy stirring up hatred. Um, let's pray for the people of Palestine. Psalms 34, the Lord is near to those that are of broken heart. Again, there, there are a lot of people that, that do not want what's going on in Palestine that are terrified. And they have few options and they're scared and mothers and fathers are crying. And we need to pray for that. I, I think in the world it's so easy to be forced into, I'm going to pick this side and then hate the other side. Church, I do not sing that being the heart of Jesus Christ. That is not God's heart. God loves the people of Israel. God loves the people in Palestine. And I think, again, there are some that are celebrating this and wanting this, but then there are some that are trapped in, in total hell right now, and they need your love and they need your prayers as well. I forget who said it. He was an author, and he said, it would be wonder if we could take all the evil people on planet Earth, put them on a boat, and then ship them to an island and leave them alone, and then we'd all be safe. The problem with evil is that it cuts through every single human heart. And it's messy. It's messy. Some want evil and some want peace. It's messy, but they need our prayer. We can reach out to those who are hurting right now. I have several friends that are Jewish. I reached out to them. I said, I just, I love you. Anything you need, I'm here for you. My physical neighbors in our subdivision happen to also be Jewish. And my wife and I just bought them flowers. And today we're going to go, just go knock on the door and say, we love you. Whatever you need, we love you. Just put yourself in their shoes for a moment. You don't know who's coming for you right now. How terrifying that, that must feel. And so I get to just be a good physical neighbor. But let's reach out to those who are hurting right now. Romans 12, 21, we keep doing good, church. The Bible says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We keep loving each other. We keep praying for each other. We keep preaching the gospel. We keep hugging each other. We keep listening to each other. Come on, we keep serving our city. I think it was Dr. King that so famously said, you, you can't defeat evil with evil, you must overcome it with good. You cannot defeat darkness with darkness, you have to just turn on the light. How do we get out of this hell? We begin to love on the world. If you, if you look at what Christ said, Christ said, listen, the world will know that you're my followers by the way that you love each other. The, the greatest distinction on our lives it's not that we're prosperous, and that's not that we receive miracles. It's not that we are the ones with all the healings, and which these are all things that God does, okay? But, but he said the thing that is going to be the greatest distinction between you and the world is the way that you love. How do we defeat evil? We do that with love, and we do that with good, and we show the world what an alternative to the chaos looks like. And so we overcome evil by, by good. 
in a practical sense this morning. We're going to show a video here in just a moment. There is an organization called FIRM, which is the Fellowship, International Fellowship of Related Ministries, and it's something a lot of us young pastors this week uh, have been, been sharing and helping each other out with. Because like you, I mean, as the week went on, you're realizing all the things that are coming out, coming out, you're trying to mobilize quickly. Like, how do we how do we help? And, and this particular one, this one is going to begin to help some people in Israel. And we'll show a, a moment here. Again, I was very grateful to hear that Egypt opened her borders and there, it looks like there might be a place. Obviously, right now, you can't even just give money to Palestine without Hamas getting a hold of that right away. So there's ways, hopefully through the UN and others, that we can begin to get to get some relief there as well. But this one is, is how you can help some families. So if we can, go ahead and take a moment and play this one. I'll, I'll come back up and talk more in just a second. Hi friends, Michael here in Central. I believe it's already been one week since Hamas launched a massacre of an attack against Israel, costing 1,300 lives. We all woke up earlier this week feeling like we woke up from a nightmare. Couldn't even really believe the horror of what we had witnessed. But slowly and surely, the body of believers has rallied together and mobilized to say, we want to be the hands and feet of Yeshua. And thanks to your generosity, thanks to this emergency crisis fund, we've been able to help evacuate and relocate hundreds of families all over the country, provide for their needs, bring them valuable equipment and supplies, mattresses, generators, battery packs, help to feed them, help to give them water, and really even to bless their children, people that have gotten so traumatized seeing dead bodies in the street. You've been able to show the love of Yeshua in a really practical, and tangible way. And even right now, I'm standing at this new uh, crisis command center in the center of Israel. We're starting to feed hot restaurant quality meals to families all over the country. We're doing 500 Shabbat dinners tonight that will go down to Ashkelon to families that have been living in a bomb shelter for a full week. We're hoping to ramp that up to several thousand meals a week next week, and we couldn't do it without you. And so thank you for praying. We feel your prayers. They're refreshing us, even though we feel exhausted. Thank you for your support. Thank you for giving. And we're going to pray that we can continue to see God move. While it looks like on paper, this is going to last a lot longer than we could have expected. For us, you're saving us because we don't know how, how many, you know, how many days, how many weeks we're going to be in this situation. Now we have a little more uh, basic things that we can survive with. It's very important. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, stay safe. We're hopeful that we're going to use this as an opportunity to shine God's light in the midst of a dark situation. I would totally recommend you guys going to this website, spending some time on it. There's ways to pray for the uh, over 100 hostages that have still not been returned um, by name and a lot of good information on there as well. And then again, if you'd like to give... It is the firmisrael.org, and then it's the forward slash emergency there. Um, and and we, can, we are going to give as a church as well, but if you want to uh, personally, please, please feel free to do that. Church, thank you for listening today. I know these are very hard conversations. Uh, it is my heart every now and then that, that we, we do look at what's going on and that we might maintain a healthy walk, uh, a, a healthy love for God, and a, and a healthy love for people. Um, that we are a church that doesn't just stick our head in the sand when it comes to evil, but that we see evil and that we overcome evil with good and that we show the world a different way. And so I think, thank you for, for being here. Um, again, if you're a guest, I'd, I'd love for you to come the next couple of weeks. Next week, we will continue uh, teaching on faith and understanding faith. And, but, you know, I just can't, I can't look at some of these things and in the, in the degree and the level at which this was. I, I was like, God, it would, I almost feel like it'd be wrong of me not 
to pause and talk. One thing, and I'll close with this, one thing that has never left me, I was I recently a new believer. I gave my life to Christ at 17, and I was in a class, and they were talking about how um, the Jewish people were on these carts in Germany in the trains, and they're being taken to a concentration camp, and it was going right by a Lutheran church that were singing hymns. And, uh, and I thought, you know, I can't sit here and sing hymns when people are hurting. And uh, that's never left my heart. And so I can't do everything about every evil in the world, neither can you. But there are times we need to stop and we need to see what the enemy is trying to do and to be the salt, to be the light, and to be the difference for this world. I don't want to sing when people are just screaming, okay? I don't think that's the right response for us, and I want us to be united under a heart of Jesus and a heart of love for people, okay? Let's pray. Would you join with me in prayer today as we close? Uh, Heavenly Father, there are, there are no words in the English language to describe how we feel and, and, and what we've seen. There is no paragraph uh, that solves this problem. And Father, it doesn't even seem like a, a solution is even remotely on the table right now. But Lord, you are sovereign and you are God of all and you know things that we do not know. And so Father, right now we pray for the victims. We pray for those who are hurting, God. We, we pray for those innocent kids in Palestine. And Lord, we pray for your people. We pray that you would bring peace to Jerusalem. We pray that you would bring an end to this conflict. And Lord, like you taught us to pray, we pray that your kingdom come, your will be done. God, we look for, uh, Lord, you're coming in times like this. In fact, you told us these things. You said that you told us these things in your word so that when we see these things, we wouldn't fall apart and fret and be anxious, but that we would look up um, and that we would look to you. And we know that you are the overcomer of all evil. And in the end, evil, death, hell, the grave, these things will all be defeated because of Christ. And so, Father, today we look to you, and God, we pray, and Lord, we believe that you have answers that we do not have, and we ask your Holy Spirit to move and defend and to heal. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing day.